Windsor, Windsor Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham Henley, Henley Reading, Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The Voice River Radio of the Thames Valley Welcome to this show, Let's Do Lunch. This is a show all about food and nutrition. I am Jenny Tishi. I'm a registered nutritionist and an absolute foodie. And during this show, we introduce a series of people from food backgrounds, people that work in the industry. Um, and in particular today, we are going to be joined by Nisha Menon. Now, Nisha is a medical microbiologist turned mumpreneur. She's the director of Nikasu Foods and the founder of Jack and Chill, which you may have heard of. Her family business had an imp- has an impressive list of clients globally, including celebrity chefs, fine dining restaurants, pub chains, stadiums, and high-end health stores. So, Nisha, welcome to the podcast. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jenny, for having me on today. Well, welcome. I'm really pleased to have you on today. And I think it's quite fitting because here we are in the month of January, which is also known as Veganuary. So obviously, for those in the know, you know, it's a month, a time of the year when people start to eat more plant-based foods or either exclusively plant-based foods. And as some, someone who deals with healthy eating as a nutritionist, I love products that are created from real food and ingredients, not manufactured to be meat-like. I think there's a lot of those on the market. And I know, Nisha, your products are based on jackfruit, which of course is a very real ingredient. And you're bringing this wonderful natural ingredient and recipes from your home state of Kerala in India. Do tell our listeners a little bit about jackfruit, if they haven't heard, why it's such a wonderful ingredient and the basis of one of your product ranges under the brand Jack and Chill. Yeah, absolutely. So jackfruit is the biggest tree-borne fruit in the world, actually, you know. So if you see, if, uh, you know, if many of you have not seen the jackfruit, it's a huge spiky fruit, which can even weigh up to 25 to 30 kilos, the biggest, the ripe ones, you know. So and then in Kerala, the land of jackfruits and where I am from, you know, I've been, I've been in Kerala since my childhood, so last, uh, you know, 30, 35 years. So you can make so many products out of jackfruit. And then it, during those days, it used to be called the poor man's fruit. Oh, because wow. the farmers could live, you know, the family could live on jackfruit, actually. So it used to be the meal for the farmers. And now it's been upgraded to be known as the national fruit of Kerala, which is the state where I'm from. So that's the huge upgradation that, uh, you know. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So has, because obviously in the Western world now, we know jackfruit to be, (laughs) dare I say it, but the vegan pulled pork, it's probably its best known use, I would say. But actually what we're saying is that the, the, uh, the popularity has increased in markets way beyond its original market. Has that caused any problems with regard to having to increase production in places like Kerala? Absolutely, absolutely. Because earlier it used to be because I'm used to seeing all those Kerala dishes which my grandmom and mom has made during my childhood. Mm. And you've got all those, uh, you know, the jackfruit chips and all the crisps items and the snacks. But now, from the Western world, the veganism has come up and then, you know, the demand for jackfruit has gone like literally over the roof. And the supply chain is being affected, actually. So there's a, you know, it used to be in abundance at one point of time. But now we are having supply chain issues where we are having struggle, struggling with sourcing the jackfruit as well sometimes. So definitely the demand has gone, you know, very, very, very high in the Western world. That's interesting, isn't it? So now how is jackfruit viewed in Kerala? Is it still something that's eaten as it was traditionally or has it changed and people's perception of it changed? Uh, people's perception of, us, of it has changed because like how influenced by the Western world, because obviously most of the manufacturer, you know, manufacturing take place in India and they have started getting more and more 
innovative with their uh, recipes as well when they're bringing like you know like the ice creams are coming up in kerala so there are you've got many more um, you know sweet varieties coming up and you've got uh, pickles coming up so you've got loads more of uh, popadams as well with jackfruit cake with jackfruit so many more items you can see in kerala although there is not a vegan trend in india but uh, it's a more of a traditional uh, i would say uh, innovations coming up with the jackfruit yeah so it's a different driver but it's still bringing about innovation in the food market yes and actually i can see how some of those i mean poppadoms made with jackfruit sound incredible i'm getting <laughs> excited at the thought <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I was, I was quite shocked as well. I'm like, oh wow, jackfruit poppadom. Because biryani, we were one of the first people to make a jackfruit biryani and a jackfruit burger. And um, even Kerala people were like, oh, jackfruit biryani. Okay, because they were not quite sure of you know how it's going to taste. Because sometimes it, one thing which I want to tell the listeners is because one question which I hear a lot is. there are three different stages of jackfruit which many people are not aware of so um, one because at the exhibitions when i do sampling this is one question which i hear a lot you know many people relate to like a young jackfruit and some people are used to seeing a ripe jackfruit so the three stages in which a jackfruit grows is you've got the very very young jackfruit which is just a few weeks old which is what we use for all our recipes you know it's because it has got the texture of meat mm-hmm. and it can take on any flavor because it doesn't have any flavor on its own it can mimic any flavor and it can also mimic the texture of meat hence it has become very popular as a vegan pulled pork you know as in the vegan diet so that's a young jackfruit then you've got the next stage which is called the raw jackfruit which is with we make a lot of jackfruit crisps and you know many curry kind of dishes with that as well then the got the final stage which is the ripe jackfruit which is very similar to a fusion of mango and papaya i would say yeah so it's a very acquired taste which use you would use in desserts or smoothies or pizzas or even ice cream you know so those are the three stages which i thought i'll just let your listeners know in case people may get confused not not just the listeners but me too i feel like i'm getting an education in jackfruit here i think because <laughs> we are so familiar with that young jackfruit because of its adaptability and its uh, the, the variety of different ways in which it can mimic both you said from a textural perspective and a flavor perspective meat and meat based products yet it is the closest thing you know so there's so many and i sort of intimated in my opening that there are so many meat based alternatives uh, sorry not meat based or meat alternatives that are vegan but they are made up of so many different things including ingredients that your grandmother wouldn't recognize and yet jackfruit is a very recognizable and real ingredient so it's wonderful to see yeah yeah correct so thank you you, yeah, you grew up um with ingredients like jackfruit but what else did you grow up eating So in Kerala like I said about jackfruit you know we've got loads of coconut so coconut it's a land of coconuts as well so we've got every household will have a jackfruit tree will have a coconut tree will have a mango tree you know so we've got all these uh, trees behind in your backyard in all the houses in Kerala actually so it's not you no know, so that's something very very common coconut again we use a lot of coconut as coconut oil you use it for cooking and even for your skin you know my grandma you know she used to just put it on her skin instead of the moisturizing creams that we use so she just puts coconut oil on her face and body and that's such a good moisturizer you know and even for your hair so the coconut oil is very good for your hair as well so that is a another major ingredient which i have uh, i would say grown up with and i'm proud to say that we you know we have been suppliers of coconut to a celebrity chef rick stein based in cornwall so he has been buying our coconut for last uh, 15 17 years actually so i'm you know quite pleased to be yeah supplying them with that so and many other fine dining restaurants wow that's really cool i love the little celebrity link there so um obviously you've got coconut <laughs> that you grew up with you've got mango that you grew up with what were some of your favorite childhood memories of food 
Oh, I love I love all the Indian food and snacking especially. I love the uh, you know biryani is my all time favorite, and um, I love the desserts and the, what we used to do is like because my granddad you know grand grandfather he was a farmer so whenever we used to go there for uh, you know our school holidays he we used to have cows as well so I could see firsthand. how the cows are milk and then he used to take the the milk and the cream outside you know how the cream is made from that and then we go with him to the farms and then i could see how the coconut he takes the coconut from the trees and uh, you could you get to see the young coconut or the tender coconut and then i loved eating those um, tender coconut and drinking the coconut the trees are uh, you know the water as well then even with these jackfruit because it's a huge one it's not a one person job you know it will be my mom my aunt and my you know cousins the older cousins we all sit around together and we'll be chopping this jackfruit and that's how we have to clean the jackfruit and then we'll be fighting to eat the jackfruit as well so those are the memories you know that uh, brings me and it's making me quite nostalgic actually you know i bet it's it's making yeah. me feel like i just want to be there sitting with you yeah. preparing those jackfruit <laughs> but i mean you're so involved in you know the very basic production uh, of of food at that stage so i mean i know your family are involved in the food industry and have been for some time is it because of the background your father is a your grandfather is a farmer and your sort of integrated approach as a family to food and eating that your family is involved in the food industry or has it come about through a different means it no it it wasn't actually so no, to say that i come from as you introduced me i come from a medical microbiology background so from a science background and uh, seeing you know my dad running the business i was like oh my god this is so stressful so <laughs> i was like i would rather <laughs> i would rather go for a 9 to 5 job where you have a guaranteed income end of the month and then sleep in peace you know that's what my mentality was and my dad he was an he was a banker and then he you know he started the business because he wanted to get into food business so he started it out of passion i would say and we started off as a contract manufacturers for many leading indian brands across the globe so like to uk to usa to australia and to europe as well we co-manufacture for other brands and then we sell it as uh, you know their brand so for example in uk itself in the 90s we used to be the, you know the manufacturers for a leading indian brand and it was there in asda tesco sainsbury's through their brand so that's how he got into business in the 90s so he he really yeah so he was a returned uh, you know banker from um, the the middle east so he was in dubai and he returned from there and then he started his business in kerala for me it was after my kids were born that i thought i need more flexibility around my kids and then more of a family you know work life balance so that's when i thought let me see uh, you know how it goes and yeah. then i thought okay let me let me work it out but now i enjoy the freedom i enjoy the flexibility and yeah and the happiness you get out of it when you sell you know the products when you see it on the shelves when my kids the excitement they have it when they you know when they see it on the shelves well that's wonderful yeah, so. can i ask how old your children are now yeah my daughter is uh, 14 and my son is 10 Ah, so they're great ages to be aware of what's going on, and like you say, to be able to get excited when they see Mum's brand on the shelf in the supermarket. Do they get involved in, yes, uh, yes. you know, in the business as well in any shape or form? I'm just thinking back to your memories of a as, as a child of sitting yeah. around and preparing jackfruit. Uh, what, you know, do they have any involvement in your business as it stands today? um it might not be the kind of involvement which which i used to have like you know during my during my mom's or the grandma's days because we don't prepare anything here in the uk it's all made in india in our factory yes but the involvement which what they have is when i think of ideas like example when we were thinking of the name jack and chill what name to put so obviously i will be shouting out loud thinking okay what is the name what we need to put you know jack and okay what so that's <laughs> that's something which we all sit and think about what what is a tagline should be and you know those kind of things yeah. and um, my my son uh, you know finally i i keep telling him 
he sounds like these innocent smoothie memes mm-hmm. you know because maybe <laughs> maybe it's the way he talks and the age as well so many of those funny quotes which innocent smoothie has i quite relate to what he says and now i keep asking him okay can you tell me a you know a marketing line or a funny line for jack and jill so that, that's how it that's how it works isn't it i mean yeah it, yeah as we move from generation to generation what the the, the exactly. form that their involvement takes of course it will change especially if the actual yeah. production is removed is further removed because it's done in another country yeah yeah exactly and he said oh yeah uh, maybe you could say uh, put jack in your day naturally something you know that was a line which he told me one day and i said i said okay i'm going to use that putting jack in your day naturally <laughs> yes i love that and it's quite interesting <laughs> as well because uh, you know obviously the the demands of the market here and the fact that so many people are looking for that sort of meat texture and that alternative um do create certain kind of um you know, a connection, I guess, with the food, which is which is plant based. But what we're talking about here is, you know, the, the kids getting involved in something which is really quite forward thinking as they move to the future. They could even bring in, you know, some of the more um, traditional ways of consuming jackfruit. I'm just going to go back to the two other ways, you know, you talked about there being three stages of jackfruit, the youngest one, which we know most about. But I mean, have you ever thought about doing anything with the slightly more ripe version and the really ripe, the fruity version in terms of your own product range? Yes, I have actually. The reason we haven't launched anything yet is because it's like, you know, the ripe jackfruit is a quite acquired taste because it has got a very strong smell because one of the one of the uh, you know, the feedbacks or the responses which I sometimes get at exhibitions is, "Oh, jackfruit, is it that stinky fruit?" Oh. Then I know what they're <laughs> referring to. <laughs> they're referring to the ripe jackfruit. Then I say, "You're actually talking about the ripe jackfruit." So, so that's what the thing about ripe jackfruit is because if you have it in your freezer the freezer really smells of that fruit if you have it in your car it smells in the car as well so it's a very acquired taste like i don't know you might say about papaya or avocado you know those kind of fruits which you have to get acquired to yes so that's the reason we haven't immediately launched because i wanted people to get used to the the one you know which can take on any flavor and has got this texture of uh, pulled pork as well. So that is something in the pipeline. Yeah, it's exciting. But I, th- I guess also people get so used to it being, and the fact you explained it to me being three different stages, they get so used to seeing just one type, they assume it's all the same. But of course, yes. yeah, then if you had some really uh, ripe, uh, fruity, but quite potent by the sounds of it, potent smelling uh, fruit, yeah. you would be taken aback it would be a bit of a shock to the system um so one of the things i'd love to talk to you about i know you've taken your involvement in the food industry a step further and actually become an expert in food entrepreneurship and importation which is really interesting um you've gone you've set up your own youtube channel haven't you with over a hundred thousand views to help support yeah. aspiring entrepreneurs and importers and then you also run a facebook group um which is called the uk importers hub which i've seen and i know that supports over two and a half thousand businesses importing goods into the UK what sort of inspired you to take on that extended role so basically you know last 15 years I've been running the food business and again as I said I never thought of running a food business as well so as any entrepreneur any business person would agree running a business is a very lonely or a very daunting journey, I would say, you know, Mm. because there are times like it's not, it's never a straight line. It's always a zigzag line or you are always in a swirling pattern. You know, you, you feel, okay, today is a good day, but tomorrow it might be your worst day. So you always feel you're in this up and down, uh, you know, the extreme mode. Roller coaster ride. (laughs) Of course, that's what I was searching for. Yeah. Roller coaster ride. And you feel you just wanted to vent it out to some people. And then I think for Nikasu, I, what I used to do was I used to attend all these free webinars from HMRC. And, you know, I used to go, go and attend a lot of webinars. That's how I used to collect all the information which I wanted because I didn't know how to set up a business in the UK. I didn't know how to import goods. What are the things that you need? Because although it's a family business, my dad is based in India. So things are very different from India and UK, you know, and importing is a very, very, you know, like huge task as well. Mm. So a lot of things I went and networked and then by attending these webinars, that's how I learned. 
And later on, when I started Jack and Jill, I started interacting with similar-minded small businesses where we could actually relate to each other. And that's when I felt, oh, yeah, this actually is good, you know, because you need to be surrounded by similar-minded people by, where they understand what you're going through. That's when in 2018, one day I just thought, let me see if I can, because I'm part of many other food groups as well. So let me see if there is an interest for, uh, you know, an importers group, because there is no other group which I have seen. And I just put it out, this request out in a few groups, which I am in. And you'll not believe in the day one, I got over 500 requests that day. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, there is definitely, you know, people need this. Yeah, you definitely need this. And I love the fact that you're I, coming at this from the perspective of, well, I'm feeling this way. So I'm sure there's others feeling this way. It's not like a sort of, you know, I know everything about this. Therefore, I, I know I'm the authoritative yeah. voice. It's that I, I feel that others could benefit from sharing ideas, which is wonderful in a business and in an industry that I think like food where you have, there is a lot of competition, but there's also a lot of collaboration that goes on, isn't there? Exactly. Absolutely. The only reason I thought I started is because I thought, you know, it's just so that people can interact, ask any doubts, because there are a lot of paperwork when you do the importing. There are a lot of accreditations and, uh, you know, so many formalities and everything. So you need to know so Mm -hmm. that we can at least help each other. If I don't know many of the things, somebody else might know, somebody else can help each other. You know, it's just these kind of things. And uh, I was even fortunate that um, I was able to conduct my very first event in partnership with the Indian High Commission here in London. And and, uh, we had a good crowd there as well. So we had the ministers and, you know, we had many high-profile people visiting our uh, the event as well. But um, after that, then Jack and Chill was launched and then I got quite busy and then we got COVID. So then we stuck to many online webinars. That's what we did because we couldn't do any in-person yeah. events. Yeah. So that takes me to your second part of the question, which is the YouTube channel. Yes. Again, uh, you know, it was all impulse. During COVID, uh, you know, what happened was one of, I think, yeah, a few of the people in the Facebook group, they asked in the group, you know, could you please coach us or could you please mentor us because, uh, you know, this is the time for us we wish to learn. And I started doing these webinars. And then what I found was many of them cannot make it because of their other work commitments and everything. So then they started listening to the recorded ones. Then I thought, okay, it might be better if I just do it like a YouTube video and then people can watch it at their own convenience. But again, I didn't know how to record a YouTube video, edit it, or even, you know, put it up because I'm not a technical person. So, so that was another task for me. But it was, I'm still shocked actually, you know, there is a huge interest. It's just that one video importing into the UK has got over 45K views in the last one year. And the whole channel has got over uh, 100,000 views. And I think I've got over 3.5K subscribers, which is, I'm really, really pleased to see that people are finding it helpful. You know, you feel good that when you feel, find out that people are finding it useful. So, And yeah. now you are the authoritative voice. <laughs> um, we're going to take a short break. Um, it'd be wonderful to hear from you um, how the pandemic has changed or how the changes you've seen in the food industry as a result of the pandemic. And of course, how it's affected your own business too. We'll be back in just a moment. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Okay, so this is Let's Do Lunch. This is a show all about food and nutrition. I'm Jenny Tishi, a registered nutritionist, and I'm interviewing a series of people associated with the food and nutrition businesses. Um, today we are joined by Nisha from Jack and Chill. Now, Nisha is a medical microbiologist, but uh, now an entrepreneur who is the director of Nikasu Foods, but also the founder of Jack and Chill. So it's a jackfruit-based business. So we've been learning all about jackfruit. In fact, I've had an education in jackfruit prior to that brief break there but we're also finding out lots more about Nisha's role in as as a mentor and as an advisor to lots of businesses across the UK on the subject of importing and food entrepreneurship I would love, Anisha, for you to share with our listeners how the pandemic affected um, the food industry and this, or at least the changes that you've seen as you, you know, the role that you have running the YouTube channel and also running lots of Facebook support groups for UK importers. 
Yeah. Uh, so basically, I think from the pandemic, what I saw was, uh, you know, people have changed mainly into healthy eating. So yeah. there are a lot of people, it's just not the veganism or the vegetarianism, but there are there are no, a lot of new terms that has come up like flexitarianism, what, what is it called, reducitarianism, you know, you've got lot of new terms that has come up. And uh, I think I would call myself into the reducitarianism or the flexitarian. Yes. And uh, so, which means people are really looking into cutting down meat, sustainability, looking after the planet, you know, greenery. So these kind of things have definitely, people are giving more importance after COVID has come. So more health conscious. And also lifestyle wise, I think a lot of people got into exercising and even online shopping, you know. So the, like you say, if you remember this, all the supermarket slots used to be fully booked for many weeks because the online slots were all booked. So those are the kind of lifestyle changes which we have seen in, in the, uh, you know, in uh, all the, yeah, the people as well. Food industry in general, I think it was mainly the food service and the restaurants who was massively affected, the event-based businesses, which was massively affected. And um, we were affected as well, obviously. So, uh, yeah, so those are the main changes which I saw in, after COVID. And from your own perspective, I mean, obviously, if people are interested in reducing the amount of meat that they eat and healthier eating, then that's exactly where your products fit. But did the way in which people wanted to buy food during the pandemic, and you talked about people buying online there, did that change your business model at all? Uh, Yes, yes. So absolutely, because for us, mainly it was the, uh, you know, the, we, we used to supply manufacturers and restaurants. So for us, 80% or nine, I would say yeah, 85, 90% of our sales came from supplying in bulk to restaurants and caterers. And one big manufacturer who makes for a, you know, big uh, pub chain, which I'm not allowed to say it out. So sure. they used to manufacture for a big pub chain. And um, after COVID, what happened was we got our consignment of 10 tons and then the entire industry shut down. So I was stuck with 10 tons of stock in March 2020. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so it was, you know, and then following which Brexit came as well. So it was not after 2020 was like the worst year ever, <laughs> I would say. But I'm, I'm happy that we have sustained and survived. So, um, so we had to obviously pivot because I was sitting with this 10 tons of stock and retail was a very, very small part of our business. We supply to like many independent health stores. So immediately we pivoted and we thought, okay, because people are going online, I have to get my products online. But because ours is frozen, again, you can't send it in normal DPD or FedEx or you know, any normal courier. So you have to get it with ice packs. So you have to get it next day and you have to put the, uh, the, you know, the cooler bags and everything, which again, it puts up your cost very, very high. It can go up to like 15, 20 pounds per pack, you know? <gasps> so again, oh, people gosh. are not ready to pay so much as well for postage. So we looked at all the different options and then finally we on, I mean, we launched with the online platform which, uh, you know, which sells only frozen online. They're called Frozenly. And uh, so they sell uh, plant-based or vegan frozen products, which again has all this uh, small plant-based businesses actually. So that's where we launched all our products online. And what also we did was we launched our cookbook on Amazon because people were cooking more from home. I thought a cookbook showing 61 recipes to cook with jackfruit. So it shows, uh, you know, like it's it's called the Jack and Chill cookbook. And thanks to all the followers and my friends, you know, a massive, massive thanks to all of them who contributed to these recipes. And that's how we made this cookbook happen. So that's the second thing which we did um, uh, during the pandemic as well. As someone that writes recipe books, I know it can take quite a while to come up with all of that. The fact that you were able to turn and, and, and make that happen, move to an online platform so that you could sell direct, move to a creation of a cookbook, which you can then sell via Amazon. 
that's really, really quick, isn't it, that you've managed to turn things around and adapt and respond to the pandemic. I mean, I know we all at the very beginning probably thought that it was going to be a short-lived thing, but it has really affected people. I mean, now, having achieved those incredible things, what other things are you having to adapt to? I know we've got, um, you know, the the hospitality industry has opened up again, but it's still not to the same degree as it was pre-pandemic in many areas. Is your business changing again now that we're sort of where we are with the pandemic? Um, yeah, so what we also did was obviously, you know, initially it was a shock to the system, but then resilience is something which I learned during the pandemic. And then I thought this is not going to go anywhere. So we have to take small, small steps at a time and then learn positive things from what, you know, what we are facing. So one thing I thought was, okay, I had been thinking of rebranding so let me focus on that. And then obviously, as I said, the YouTube channel. And so that's where my focus was going. So that, you know, something that makes me feel good. So we started doing the rebranding in 2020. And uh, because we wanted to give a more of a vibrant, bright look to our packaging, which is what we'll be launching in, a, in the next couple of months. So, um, and those kind, that is what we started off uh, with. And then those retail packs you will be seeing soon. And the thing we did was we, you know, contacted our existing customers and we told them that, uh, you know, we are supporting you with the pandemic. So your minimum order quantity is no longer a pallet because it used to be a full pallet, which is around 60, 70 cartons. But because they couldn't take it such a big quantity because the restaurants were all running, you know, on a, for a short period of time, mm-hmm. we said we can send you small orders like one carton, two carton. And that's how we used to uh, support them as well, the restaurants and the caterers. So then come out the other side, hopefully, uh, and then they're still there because they stayed being a customer of yours throughout the whole period, which is a great way to do things. Yeah, fantastic customer service. Okay, so a question for you about uh, many businesses are moving to, or at least considering their green credentials, their effect on the environment, et cetera. Um, What steps has Jack and Chill taken uh, with regard to the environmental impact? Okay, so jackfruit as such is the most sustainable fruit, as I said, you know, you you can imagine because... It grows in the trees and is the natural fruit you can find because the good thing about jackfruit is it doesn't even need pesticides because it can just grow on its own. It is so you know resistant to all these um, the pests and all mm-hmm. those kind of things as well. It doesn't rot. It doesn't get affected by pests. So that is the most sustainable fruit on its own. That's one thing. And product-wise, uh, what, what we are also doing is we are bringing more sustainable packaging because our existing biryani trays are plastic. Mm-hmm. So again, because it's frozen, it's hard to find a sustainable tray that withstands the freezer temperature and withstands the microwave and oven temperature as well. So it has been a long you know, research to find out what, what sustains all these temperatures. And I have to get it in India as well because uh, you know, it's all made in India. So we are cutting down plastic and uh, we are bringing these uh, sustainable trays for our meals next this year. So that's that's, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's it's. I mean, it is hard. I appreciate that when you're, um, you know, when you've got the kind of challenges of the nature of the food and the way in which the food is preserved, you really have to think about doing these things in stages. And this is the next stage for you, which is wonderful. Um, for your brand, Jack and Chill, the message is really clear. You're not here to make fake meat. I think we've made that quite clear, but I, I really do echo that sentiment because as a nutritionist, I love using natural ingredients. Um, do share with our listeners what your products are uh, and how they can be used to create delicious and nutritious dishes. Of course, yeah. So to to be honest, when I launched Jack and Chill, I never have had an intention to say we are not here to create meat because the first order which came through, they said, oh yeah, we are actually creating, you know, vegan pulled pork. And then my intention was because I have lived and eaten jackfruit since my childhood, I was passionate to educate everyone about how versatile this jackfruit is naturally, you Mm -hmm. know. So that was my intention. That's the reason we started off with burgers and biryani and uh, just the full jackfruit. But it was in the last year during the pandemic that uh, I thought of creating these products because of the issues of importing and Brexit and, you know, the container shipping costs and all those kind of things. I just looked at the option of making something locally within the UK. 
and replicating our product so that it might take, you know take less time that's when i was blown away when you know manufacturers told me oh actually we have to use this ingredient we have to use that ingredient we have to use methyl cellulose we have to use carrageenan you know and i'm like but no that's when my, it opened my eyes thinking ours has been clean label for the last 30 years not just the jackfruit but samosa spring rolls coconut any product we make it's all made as if you make it at home and customers they do say that it tastes so authentic but i never thought you know when sometimes you are so blind with your own products you don't know how clean label you are and i i had to fight with these manufacturers here saying that i cannot put these um, ingredients in my products and i cannot sell them so that's that's the main difference which makes us stand apart from there that's when i thought i have to shout out saying that we are not here to create fake meat with and highly processed products so we are here to you know just provide you the versatility and lot of dishes clean healthy jackfruit meals so we have got three products which is jackfruit burgers biryani and pulled jackfruit so these three are the three retail products you can see so we are there in many independent health stores like whole foods supermarket all the whole foods nisa uh, you see as in revital um, cost cutters you know so many of those uh, independent uh, stores if you go to our website and put your postcode you'll find uh, where your nearest uh, stock is this oh that's handy regarding the recipes you could uh, i would say there are loads and loads of recipe ideas on our website <laughs> yeah do you know and that's the thing isn't it because no? it is yeah. it is versatile and you know you've talked about having the pull jackfruit i'm i'm interested i mean it seems clear what you do with the burger and it seems clear what you do with the biryani they're almost sort of meals that have been made already but i mean is it such that the pull jackfruit is an ingredient that you can use to make other things with is that the intention Ah, we've lost you. Are we still there? Hopefully we're still there. Are you there, Nisha? Yes. Yes. So it's a pulled jackfruit. As I said the 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 you know the the good thing about it is it takes on Ah. I think there's a bit of a lag, is it? There is. There is. But that's fine. Carry on. We'll see if we can uh, you were saying that the pulled jackfruit takes on the flavor. Yes, jackfruit takes on any flavor. If you put barbecue flavor, it becomes a barbecue jackfruit. If you put a biryani flavor, it becomes a biryani uh, flavor, you know, jackfruit. If you put tikka flavor, it becomes a tikka. So that's why it takes on the flavor very well. That's the reason it's quite popular and it's, it's quite versatile as well. So you can make uh, tacos, you can make taco filling, sandwich fillings. People have made tuna mayonnaise with that. <laughs> and you can even make uh, like how the chicken nuggets are you can make you know uh, the mini nuggets with that there are loads of recipe ideas on our instagram thanks to our uh, followers you know all these uh, great great recipe ideas which they have created even many you know the christmas centerpiece which you have yes. there are loads of christmas centerpieces which people have created with our jackfruit with the jackfruit wonderful i was going to say you've got some really cool recipes on your website using jackfruit It, are they from i mean who creates those are those your followers or Jenny, are you there sorry go on i've lost you again and we'll see if we can get you back um nisha if you are there i'd love to know hi can you hear me we've got a very low bandwidth i think we'll see if we can keep going And Nisha if you can hear me what is your favorite jackfruit recipe? Oh, we've got such a poor connection. We'll see if we can get Nisha back on the line and see if we can find out what Nisha's favorite jackfruit recipe is. Um are we there? Are we there? No, we are not. Here we go. My favorite jackfruit recipe I think being an Indian I have to say we can we we've almost got the tagline here but we haven't quite got there <laughs> favorite jackfruit recipe venetia we're not going to know um we're trying to get venetia back and see if we can technology is not doing us any favors today sadly um you, yes i can hear you again can you hear me jenny i can hear you now okay. so my favorite jackfruit recipe 
being an Indian, I think I have to say it's a jackfruit curry. <laughs> Wonderful. So, uh, jack, I like the jackfruit curries. And uh, yeah, I like that. There's something called jackfruit crisps, which we'll be launching soon. So yeah, I like uh, those two as well. And uh, can you give us a rough idea of how we'd make the jackfruit curry? Ja- oh, jackfruit <laughs> curry. <laughs> I'm not a great chef. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe we'll just uh, have, I mean, do you know what? One thing I must do is I must try and be more adventurous with jackfruit. I have a feeling that I've fallen into the trap of using it, as lots of people do, as a direct substitute for things like barbecue, pulled pork, or, you know, the, the classics. I think I need to get more adventurous and try lots of different things because certainly I've never, yeah. ever put it in a curry and it would make a wonderful alternative. Um, listen, we'll take yeah, a short break yeah, here. Exactly. Hopefully we can get these uh, this bandwidth up a little bit. Um, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about um, your role outside, you know, the core business and also what uh, the future has in store for both you and for Jack and Chill. Windsor, Windsor Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham Henley, Henley Reading, Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The Voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. Welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch. I'm Jenny Tishi. I'm a registered nutritionist and this show is all about food and nutrition. Uh, we have a very interesting guest with us today. It is the month of Veganuary, which is a month typically associated with moving to more of a plant-based diet or in many cases an exclusively plant-based diet. Now as a nutritionist, I'm someone that's keen to make sure that when we do that, we do it in a healthy way, but of course where we can use as natural ingredients as possible. And jackfruit is exactly that. It's a fantastic meat-based, uh, meat, I keep on saying meat-based. It's not at all, it's plant-based. It's an alternative <laughs> to meat. I just need to actually get the phraseology right because I know exactly what it is. I've been using it in my own cooking, but I don't think I've been using it in anywhere near as versatile a way as some of the ways we've been discussing, such as using it for a jackfruit curry or a biryani um, and certainly some of the other things you mentioned people making a tuna alternative for a tuna mayonnaise alternative for a sandwich filling which actually is now blowing my mind so I need to think about things like that as someone that creates recipes for a living um, but Nisha welcome back um, please do uh, tell us a little bit about what the future looks like for Jack and Chill Are you there, Nisha? They're struggling with this bandwidth now, aren't we? Hopefully we can find out what the future will look like for Jack and Chill. And we are struggling. Nisha, are you there? Yeah, so just to add to that as well, uh, uh, you know, about the recipes, I just remembered you would be even able to see Christmas centerpiece with jackfruit, so which is something which I missed out saying earlier. So there are a lot of Christmas centerpieces which our followers have created with our jackfruit, which I was totally, totally blown away. So you can check out that recipes on our Instagram page as well. Brilliant. Uh, that's really useful. So we'll go and have a look at those recipes. Um, but do tell us what you have in, pl- in terms of plans for the future of Jack and Chill. I'm missing you. I'm missing you. Where are you? Um, Right. Okay. We're going to try and get Nisha back on the line. Um, I will just uh, move very briefly over here for a second. Just give you a little something to listen to. Jenny, are you there? Aha. I've got you back. Okay. We're good. Um, We're looking at the future of Jack and Chill. If you could share with our listeners um, what that looks like for you. Yes, that's right. So I was just, you know, I was just saying as well, I don't know if you could hear me. With regards to the recipes, I forgot to mention, I don't know if you could hear it earlier. There were Christmas centerpiece recipes as well, uh, which our followers have created, which I really wanted to mention, you know, which has blown away my mind when I saw those. So, yeah, so please do worth trying it as well. We will. Do. Um, we will. Yeah. So with regards to the, you know, work outside uh, my uh, my business, which... Uh, Again, which has just fallen in, you know, when, when I am just working. So I've started doing public speaking, which I never thought I would be. And then uh, mentoring as well to other, uh, you know, when people do contact me through YouTube channel and then or the Facebook group. And then they ask for help where I do, uh, you know, mentoring regarding the business. 
and uh, i do talks in universities and um, other educational uh, you know the corporates as well where i give the uh, the public speech about how to do your importing how i had uh, you know survived or come up, come out of this resilience how i built resilience how covid affected our business and how i came out of it so those kind of kind of things i do outside of my business uh, which i am quite enjoying sharing my journey so yeah so that's something i want to mention i think the second part of your question was for jack and chill what's the future plan for jack and chill is that's it? right yes yeah so this year so as i said we will be finally you know we started the rebranding and it got delayed and so finally finally i'm happy to say that we are launching our new uh, look with some new product range which we will uh, you know we will be revealing soon on our uh, emails and um, on our instagram and all the social media uh, social medias our new product range with this new um, look as well and in all the independent health stores and uh, hopefully in uh, you know in one of the multiples as well this year and we've got interest from um, abroad as well so these are the plans for this year so yeah international and um, within uk as well we'll be na- lo- uh, launching it nationally gosh there's a lot going on isn't there for you at the moment yes. it's quite quite interesting <laughs> that you know the business essentially uh, you know started out as a food business but as soon as you realized that there were challenges that you were facing you've actually gained uh, you know quite a lot of uh, following through your support of those businesses those that wanted to import and those moving into new food businesses themselves so you've got quite a unique position as someone that's both in the food industry but also kind of supporting and advising others so from that perspective have you seen with uh, you know the the food industry in general have you seen lots of new businesses cropping up would you say it's a business an industry with a high turnover what's your perspective on the food industry today uh definitely lot and lot of food industries are you know all startups are coming up especially after covid i think because people lost you know jobs a lot of people lost their jobs and they got made redundant or you know those kind of things then they start thinking about starting their own business i think that could be one reason why people think oh yeah let me start a business and then people who are coming from abroad as well when they come as an additional income those are the kind of you know the inquiries which i get sometimes they are coming from india and they feel you know they are missing their uh, like the the products from their hometown and they want to start importing it here and giving it to their community so those are that's the second type of uh, you know inquiries which i get saying that yeah i want to start so definitely lots and lots of startups have been in the last uh, couple of years for sure. That's really interesting. So people coming from different parts of India. And I think one of the things, um, I have a, a, a lovely intern working with me at the moment, Beth, and she and I were discussing earlier on today, the different regions within different countries, not just India, but uh, our understanding, I think, is quite limited in this country of the different regions that exist and therefore regional cookery and regional foods that exist in different parts of the world. I mean, even if we look at Great Britain, there's quite a variety of different foods from, you know, your pie and mash to your Cornish pasty to uh, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of the uh, different culture or different backgrounds of different people from regions of India, what have you seen in terms of the things that might be coming onto the market here? I'm quite excited by the sound of this. Yeah, yeah. I think same like how you know you reminded me of one of the customers who were in touch with me from Scotland, and like how you said the region food is different. He said, "Oh, we want to make some haggis. I think I, I think it's called yes haggis 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 with, uh, yes fruit. yeah." And I was like, "Ooh, I know, I know, it's something made with the intestine or something." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh no, that's absolutely so, right." Yeah, and it's very much yeah. associated both with the Scots, but of course, so we've got Burns Night coming up later on this month so it's a big celebration oh. and haggis is very much the food that is associated with burns night increasingly i guess if you've got an audience of people that don't want to eat meat or meat-based products not least they don't eat a pig's intestine yeah. you know they're not you've got this fantastic alternative which is uh, jackfruit which is going to create the yeah. same um you know kind of texture and you mentioned uh people you know who've come to you who want to import products from different parts of india i mean jackfruit is something that's very much on our radar now do you see anything new and up and coming different ingredients that you think is going to really take off in this market 
Oh, definitely. I think people are, uh, you know, people whom I'm talking to, they're all talking about these uh, sprouted, uh, you know, sprouted lentils or sprouted pulses. And somebody even contacted us about the sprouted cashews, which I'm planning if I can, you know, maybe we should start importing as well. Sprouted cashews, apparently, which I didn't know actually, you know, people who have nut allergy. Yes. If you have sprouted nuts, it seems you wouldn't have the nut allergy. Well, it is, that's what I've been told. It, it, you know, it's it's interesting because, again, from a nutritional perspective, I know that when we use more traditional methods and certainly when we soak grains and soak nuts and seeds um, certainly pulses as well they're much more easily digested and when we use traditional methods like for example sourdough you know when, we, when you bake a sourdough yeah. loaf um, it's much lower in gluten than some of the more modern methods used to make bread and again it's to do with the fermentation and of course sprouting does go through a similar process so it will be breaking things down to a greater degree as far as nut allergies I wouldn't want to make clay that you could have sprouted nuts if you had a, a nut allergy yeah. but I think it certainly is something that would be worth trying for those people that are not allergic but that you know could have an intolerance it would be something worth looking into um, because certainly sprouting is a very very nutritious way to enjoy those things that's really interesting that you're seeing that in terms of people wanting to bring those in um, I think there's definitely a market we're increasingly going for uh, pulse based meals and if we can get them even more nutritious because I know a lot of people that haven't grown up eating pulses do struggle to digest them but if they soak them or sprout them or both because um, you actually need to soak sprout uh, then you will end up with a much more digestible form of legumes you know lentils chickpeas and peas etc how exciting well, well look out for those as well um, so in terms of people trying to find out more about you and your business where should they go so they could visit, we've got two websites. The main website of our, you know, the food business is nikasu.com, which is N-I-K-A-S-U.com. Yeah. And that's a main family business. And the second one is Jack and Chill, which is jackandchill.co.uk. Brilliant. Those are the two websites. And they can follow us on, uh, you know, Instagram, which is Jack N Chill Foods or Nishamenon. So these two are the Instagram handles, which I have. So, yeah, so please follow us there and then, you know, do try our products as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And one of the audiences that we have listening into this um, are people that are starting up their own food businesses or have their own food business. So if people are interested in learning more about your YouTube channel, etc., where would they find out more information about that? So YouTube channel is called Nisha Menon Business Talks. Okay. That's what um, it's called. So Nisha, Nisha Menon, Menon Business Talks. Yeah, great. Yeah. And then the Facebook group? UK Importers Hub. Okay, brilliant. And one thing we haven't really covered, uh, the types of food that Nikasu Foods does. Um, can you just briefly outline what foods uh, come under that banner? Yeah, so Nikasu Foods was, as I said, you know, my dad started 27 years ago. So it's an Indian business making Indian frozen food products. So the, the best-selling products are samosa, which, uh, you know, I think many of you know Punjabi samosa as well. Now it's been seen in the supermarkets these days. So samosas, spring rolls, then we've got shredded coconut, parathas, you know, those are the top-selling items, I would say. So mainly Indian frozen food products. Yes, I, and I'm familiar with those. So that's wonderful. Thank you. Right. Well, let's move on to our quick fire questions. Um, so this is a, just a range of random questions, but they're quite interesting. We get to know a little bit more about you, the entrepreneur. Um, so can you tell me what your final meal on this planet would be? We call it your death row meal. What would you have? <laughs> Oh, I, I I finally tell everyone, you know, biryani, if you can give me for breakfast, lunch, dinner, or even tea snack, I can have it all day, anytime. So I think, yeah. A biryani. biryani. Would you have, um, <laughs> if you were to make it three courses, would you have three courses or would just biryani for starter main and dessert work for you? I think I love desserts anyway. So, um, yeah, so maybe biryani for starters and mains. <laughs> and uh, deserts, uh, let's say lemon drizzle cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yes, I like that. I like that combination. Um, who is your favorite chef? 
I think I have to say Rick Stein because he loves our, you know, our he loves our coconuts, and then so he, you know, he makes recipes, wonderful recipes out of coconuts. So let's say celebrity chef Rick Stein. <laughs> yeah, and he comes up quite a lot. And in fact, you know, I have to tell you a funny story. I was interviewing the Sleep Geek on this podcast, and he told me an interesting fact that apparently what Rick Stein's programs, TV programs, are some of the best to watch before bedtime because they ultimately you don't fall asleep during them, but they lead you to be so relaxed that you sleep really really well afterwards i don't know who did that oh. research but it does make me it did make me laugh that rick stein is the best <laughs> the best chef to fall asleep to um so your favorite restaurant that's a tough one actually because i'm a foodie and uh, you know my friends are <laughs> we're all foodies as a week we go and try every single restaurant in town so i don't think i have like a favorite restaurant but I like any multi-cuisine Indo-Chinese, uh, you know, or Indian restaurants in general. Yes. So Indo-Chinese, I it it I think it um, yeah it it helps me with my cravings. The Indo-Chinese. Yeah, I can imagine that. That's and you're based in London, are you? So you is that right? Yes. Yeah, so you yes. have quite a yeah. range of, of different restaurants on your doorstep, which is very, very lovely. Um, so your fantasy dinner party, if you were to invite four guests, who would you have? Oh my God. Okay. Um, definitely the queen <laughs> because that's everyone's dream guest. And uh, having said that, you know, my dad, actually, he was quite uh, privileged to be invited by the queen in the nineties, because I think it was from the Indian entrepreneurs or something. He was invited actually for a tea party. Wow. So for me, yeah, definitely. He, she's in my dream or a, you know, fantasy list. And um, let's say the Prime Minister of India, Narendra Modi, I would like him to be there with the Queen. And uh, David Cameron, I have met him once, but I haven't, I couldn't take a photograph with him. It is something which I really missed that day. So I would like to take a photograph again. Which you would do if he was having a dinner party with you. Plenty of opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, because I met David Cameron and he was there. We we 50 entrepreneurs were invited uh, before a, before some function, but that day I was in a, such a big rush. I couldn't take a photo and I was like, oh my God, that was my lifetime opportunity which I missed, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, okay, lastly, an entrepreneur whom I highly, highly adore and I love him. He's Elon Musk. So I, ah. you know, I admire him a lot. So yeah. yeah so great. let's keep a business person in, <laughs> in house as well. So we've got quite a combination here. Queen, the Queen, I was going to say Queen, it's not quite the band Queen, is it? It's the Queen, yeah. <laughs> the Prime Minister of India. <laughs> and we've got David Cameron, yeah. Elon Musk. Wonderful. Well, it's I been know. absolutely fascinating to talk to you, Nisha. Thank you so much for your time today. I know we've had a few technical problems and hopefully that hasn't spoiled it. I know we've got so much ground that we've covered and what I've absolutely loved is finding out lots more about jackfruit. I loved hearing about your childhood memories of food, your, um, your love of being biryani certainly but of course the uh, understanding of food processing that you got from your grandfather as a farmer through to sitting around and preparing jackfruit with the rest of your family absolutely wonderful um and now you know fast forward to where you are with your own youtube channel and helping other businesses import and uh, people in the food industry that are just going into the food industry and supporting them and um, do you have any final words that you would like to say nisha before we sign off um only thing is what i say is you know if you are really passionate about doing it just go ahead and do it just don't wait for the perfect time or just don't wait for the perfect moment you know do it if you really want to yeah yeah that is absolutely brilliant advice and i think uh, from everything i've heard of you and from you today uh, that that's your very much within your spirit i think just to crack on with it and then you know be adjustable and be resilient because boy if you faced some challenges over the past two years and look how you've adapted i'm going off to check out the um, instagram page the jack and chill instagram page and i'm really excited to have a look at the cookery book as well i think there's going to be lots of ideas in there and someone like I say creates recipes for a living I think I'm going to find some inspiration too so very much um, grateful for your time Nisha from Jack and Chill we've learned all about jackfruits today and thank you everyone for listening take care bye-bye thank you very much for having me Jenny thank all right. you take care bye-bye take care bye <laughs>
Voice. 